The name of the show is Something for Nothing, the Rush Fan Cast. Steve and Jerry with you. Hey, Jer. Hi, Steve. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I'll tell you what's going on. Side two of Permanent Waves today. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. Side one was fantastic. Side is two fantastic. Is, is equally fantastic, I think. It is. You know, and it's very timely that we're doing Permanent Waves, Jer, because the Permanent Waves 40th anniversary is this year. Yes, it is. And Rush is releasing the 40th anniversary edition of Permanent Waves like they have with, with 2112, yep. with the Farewell to Kings, and now it's Permanent Waves. They did uh, Hemispheres as well, right? Mm-hmm. I have not bought any of them. Am I a bad Rush fan? <sighs> I haven't bought any of them either. They're expensive. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I just can't see dropping a couple of hundred bucks on this. I mean, as much as I'd love to have it. Yeah, I would like to have all of the things that are in them. Yeah. Just not pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just I just can't bring myself to spend over $100 on, on something like this. Yeah. I might get Permanent Waves one, though. I really... I love permanent waves, so it really looks fantastic though. I mean yeah, just the just the artwork and, and everything that's involved. I'll think about it too. Okay. Maybe I can get hemispheres and you can get permanent waves and we can kind of swap them. I was just gonna say we can go Dutch. There you buy go. one, I'll buy the other one. Perfect. So I've got a Twitter poll for you. We uh, laxed on the Twitter poll in the last episode because we were talking to Martin Popoff. Yes. But today's Twitter poll is on hemispheres, Jer. Oh, okay. I asked the Twitterverse what their favorite song on Hemispheres was. Since Twitter offers four options, there are four songs on Hemispheres. What do you think the Twitter people said? How about Hemispheres? No. Oh. Now, come on, Jared. La Villa Strangiato. We've talked I, about yeah, this before. I guess so. I was just hoping they would do something <laughs> different. <laughs> That's the song that Rush fans, I think, love the most. Well, yeah. John and Rush graphs, right? Right, he, he, uh, he did a poll, and that was the number one Rush song above all Rush songs. Yeah. Okay, can we, can we do another take of this, and I'll guess no, La Villa Strangiato? No, you can't. La no. Villa Strangiato, 54%, and Cygnus X1, book two, Hemispheres, 26%. Oh. And the trees, only 13%. Oi. Wow. Well, I mean... It's, it's in such tough company, though. Yeah, it's tough company. And because of the tough company, circumstance is only 6%. Mm. And Martin wow. last week told us circumstances is his favorite Rush song. I hope he voted. So perhaps he voted. He was one of the yeah. 6%. Did you vote? I, you know, I didn't vote on this one. <laughs> I keep forgetting now to vote on the poll. But I would have voted for La Villa Strangiato also, I think. And oh, you okay. would have voted for Hemispheres? No, I probably would have voted for La Villa, too. Why did you pick hemispheres then? <laughs> I, I was trying to I was trying to read the the mind of the Twittersphere. Okay, well you read it wrong. I I failed completely. Yes. So uh, a great new feature we've got here on the Fancast, Jar, is yes. emails. Emails. Do you have an email for us? I do. I have an email from former guest Nathan Santos. Nathan, he's the best. Yeah, we were actually speaking of La Villa Strangiata. We were wondering if anybody had ever figured out where the different sections begin and end. Right, right, right. No, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So the day after, or maybe the day that the podcast came out, I got an email from Nathan and he, he broke it down. Would you like to hear the breakdown? I would love to hear the breakdown. Okay. First part, Buenas noches, Manfranz. Zero seconds, obviously, to 26 seconds. To sleep. Oh, wow. He gave us the second by second yes. breakdown. Wow. Second by second. To sleep, perchance to dream, 
27 seconds to two minutes and five seconds. Okay. Strangiato theme, two minutes and six seconds to three minutes and 15 seconds. I hope everyone's writing this down. Lurkston in Wonderland is three minutes, 16 seconds to five minutes and 48 seconds. Monsters is five minutes, 49 seconds to six minutes and eight seconds. The Ghost of the Aragon is six minutes and nine seconds to six minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. This is where, you know, I think I always got tripped up because he wrote down a little notes. This, this section is just the little bass solo. Um, and then we have a Danforth and Pape, which is uh, 646 to 725. The Waltz of the Shreves, 7 minutes and 26 seconds to 7 minutes and 49 seconds. Never Turn Your Back on a Monster, 7 minutes and 50 seconds to 8 minutes and 2 seconds. Monsters, Reprise, 8 minutes and 3 seconds to 8 minutes and 16 seconds. The Strangiato Theme Reprise. 8 minutes and 17 seconds to 9 minutes and 20 seconds, and then a farewell to things, 9 minutes and 21 to 9 minutes and 35 seconds. Wow. Now what I'm going to have to do is listen to La Villa again with Nathan's notes and follow along. Yeah. And listen to see if those sections fit. I'm sure they do. Oh, I'm sure they do, yeah. I just want to hear how, how each section sounds on its own. Dan Forth right. and Pape, I was wondering what that sounded like. Now I'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, some of them are so short, right? The Monsters reprise is only 13 seconds. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks, Nathan. That was very nice of you to send along it that was. email. Yep. I knew someone would. I should have guessed it was Nathan that would. Yeah. But I knew someone would. So before we get into the music on side two of Permanent Waves, Jer, shall we talk about the album art? Yes, we I'm, should. I am holding up the album art. This, I think, is my favorite rush album cover what do you think do i think it's your favorite yes i do you just said that do you think it's your <laughs> favorite rush album jer it is definitely 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 one of the top yeah there's just so much here you know there's so much going on yeah and i have from our friend eric canson's power windows website little breakdown and some interview pieces from hugh syme talking about the artwork Oh, okay. Let's hear that. So this is from Cream Magazine, 1983. Cream Magazine? Yeah, Cream Magazine. That's Remember still a, that? Is that still around? Yeah. I, I don't time. think it's still around. Mm. Permanent Waves is the result of a conversation which I had with Neil out at his home in the country. We spoke all evening about Rush growing up and how we were going to do these EKG readings of each member as they were recording. So they were going to take the EKG readings of each band member when they were recording and put those on the album cover. That's cool. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. So Permanent Waves was going to be a technical statement, and we were going to treat that with red and gold foil and do a nice study in design as opposed to a photographic thing. So Hugh walked out, and in the doorway, he turned to Neil and said, wait, let's try something with Donna Reed with her permanent Tony hairdo and have her walking out of a tidal wave situation. And Neil gave me a blank look and said, Get out of here. <laughs> the following day, Neil asked him to consider doing just that because he discussed it with Getty and Alex, and they all thought it was more likely for a cover than the serious approach. Yeah. So that's okay. how it came about. So Hugh just kind of thought of it in the doorway as he was walking out, just as kind of a goof. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. Did you say there's a break? Is there a breakdown of everything that's on the album? Yeah, Different- I mean, there's a lot here. Do you want me to go through it? Yeah. 
Because the only one that I, uh, you know, know off the top of my head is the Dewey Defeats Truman newspaper in the front. That's the, the headline is obscured. Right. And I, I did not know that story. I did not know that Rush did not get permission from the Chicago Tribune yeah. to use the headline. They were still embarrassed 30 years later <laughs> yeah. by screwing up that were. headline. Well, right. of, of course they were, but so much so that they wouldn't let them use it on the, on the album cover. Yeah. And you can see there's no headline on the newspaper. Yeah. That's interesting. So what else is on there? This is from the 2006 biography Chemistry. I'm not sure who wrote that. Hugh Syme confirmed the woman is model Paula Turnbull, who was later brought back to reprise her role on the cover of Exit Stage Left. You oh. recall? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he also named the photographer. This is a quote from Hugh. We finally came across a photo by a man called Flip Schultke. Flip had been known to strap himself to telephone poles to grab the worst of the weather on the Florida coast. And this was one of those images. I was able to work with that as a foundation. So I guess that's the uh, hurricane type thing you see in the background. Yeah. The background scene pictured on the permanent waves cover is the seawall Boulevard in Galveston, Texas, photographed by Flip Schultke during Hurricane Carla on September 11th, 1961. <laughs> wow. Hurricane Carla was the third most destructive disaster in U.S. history, leaving 43 dead. Mm. The building on the left of the cover is Murdoch's bathhouse, which stood on the beach pilings. The cover photo shows waves rushing under the building and splashing over the Galveston seawall before the building was eventually destroyed by the hurricane. Does he say anything about the, the, the guy in the background? Now, it doesn't say anything here about the man in the background, but yeah. I read somewhere that that man is Hugh Syme. Really? Yeah. Just waving back there? That was on songfacts.com. I don't know how true it is, where they got it from. Well, I mean, they're song facts. They have, it must be true. The facts, uh, the I word don't, fact I is don't right know. in the title. It doesn't say here on Power Windows who that man is. Right. So I, I would tend to trust this website more than song facts. <laughs> <laughs> who the heck knows? Well, you can, put, you can put something up on song facts, right? Yeah, I think anybody can. It's kind of like oh. Wikipedia. So yeah, we should, so how, we should how do that. You, how can you believe that? I guess not. So you like this album cover better than Moving Pictures? Because Moving Pictures would be like my, my other favorite album cover. Yeah, I, I like this one better than Moving Pictures. One more thing on the cover, though. You notice where the woman is? You can see in the corner here. Yeah. There are three billboards in the corner. And the billboards have Lee, Lifeson, and Peart. Their names are on the billboards. Interesting. I mean, you'd need a magnifying glass to see it. Are they treated a certain way? Like is Lee in like uh, the font of like Lee jeans or something? Is that I, cool? I can barely, I can barely read it. I only, I only knew this because it said this in the same article. I'd never noticed it. Yeah. Maybe on the uh, actual physical LP, it might be easier. To see. Yeah. It, it was not, not that noticeable because the woman's skirt is flying up and I guess my eyes would divert. There <laughs> yeah, that's of the really billboard. why you like it. <laughs> That's why it's your favorite. The there you go. You figured it out. The upskirt shot. <laughs> but interestingly, the 40th anniversary re-release has a different cover, but it's also a hurricane scene. There's yeah, an elderly it? man who I guess is a weather reporter standing in a hurricane. Those weather reporters, man. But it's kind of like <laughs> the scene you see on the Weather Channel all the time when they send them out to a hurricane. Right. Telling you not to come down by the hurricane as they're standing there in front of the hurricane. Yes. 
So did you notice there's also a newspaper in the 40th anniversary edition? No. There's a newspaper on the cover, and there's a headline on the newspaper. Guess what the headline is? Do we defeat Truman? No. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Which is a nod to Alex's of course, acceptance yeah, speech great. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is awesome. Yeah, it is. Very that's cool. Great. So any other thoughts on the album cover, Jer? It's cool. No, it's totally cool. Yeah. Totally All right. cool. So why don't we jump into the songs on side two of Permanent Waves, Jer? Let's start with Entree New. We are secrets to each other. Each one's life a novel no one else has read. Even joined in bonds of love. We link to one another by such slender threads. We are planets to each other. Drifting in our orbits through a brief eclipse. Each of us. Now, I mistakenly said a few podcasts ago that I would not mention Madame Maloney again on the podcast, <laughs> our French teacher in grade school, Jer. But here I, here, I, here I am again. Was it high school? It was high school. We it was high French school. Grade school. We went to Catholic school. Okay. High school. <laughs> anyway, Entre New is French. It is French. French for? Between us. Yeah, between us. So your thoughts on Entre New, Jer? Well, I think that, uh, you know, in the placement of this song and different strings on this album is a lot like Cinderella Man and Madrigal. Really? On A Farewell to Kings. Just, you know, right before an epic song and it has a different pace than the rest of the album. Mm -hmm. For me, anyway. So it just seems like, not that they're interchangeable or whatever, but in the flow of the album, they kind of serve the same purpose. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. What about Tears and Lessons on 2112? Same sort of thing? I guess so. Yeah, Tears is so slow, though. That's really slow. So is Madrigal, though. Yeah, that's true. See, I don't think Different Strings is as slow as Madrigal is. Different type of no. song. For some reason, they in my mind, they occupy the same kind of space. Okay. But overall, it's a, it's a kind of a love song. Yes, it is. A kind of a love song. I think Different Strings is more of a love song. This is almost a love song, I think. Now, would you say it's, it's about a couple who have kind of realized that they're very different people? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the, the couple obviously are together, but they're not really near each other, whether that's, uh, must be, you know, metaphorically near each other, right? Cause they're planets, they're novels that no one else has read. They're planets drifting in our orbits. These are things that, you know, planets are not going to get next to each other. They're far away. See, I didn't take it that way, though. See, I take that as they're completely different people. They're together, but... But they're separated. But they're separated, not, There's a distance not, between not them. physically, though. Yeah, that's what I said before. It's, it's more of a metaphorical thing where they're oh, okay. separated by, by personality, maybe, 
Maybe they don't have as many interests right. as the other person, but there certainly is some kind of distance between them. All the things he mentions are, are things that are far apart from each other. Planets, passing ships. But I don't think it's a negative song, though. Because no, I think the line, the spaces in between leave room for you and I to grow. They're embracing their differences rather than letting those differences tear them apart. That's true. The, the one thing that's weird about it is that the spaces allow them to grow, but toward each other or just on their own. Do you know what I mean? Like, will they ever over, will there be some kind of Venn diagram of this couple at some point where something, you know, is they have a commonality? I think it just means that the couple recognizes the differences they have. Like for instance, you're, you're doing a podcast here and your wife is supporting you doing this podcast. She has no interest in being part of the podcast, right? That's true. But she knows this is something you love to do and you're growing by doing this. And she may have a different interest, like, I don't know, planting a garden. Yeah. And you might not be interested in that. No, I hate, I hate all living flowers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. each get to do your own thing and you're growing in that way. And then when you're together, you're happy being together. Sure. Does that make sense? It does. There's one part of the song though, that really, it reminds me again of later lyrics from Neil about separateness. I think he feels between himself and other people. Okay. Right. That's the one. We are strangers to each other, full of sliding panels and illusion show, acting well-rehearsed routines or playing from the heart. It's hard for one to know. That's a very suspicious kind of thing to say, right? Mm -hmm. Can't really know anybody's motives. So even in this song about two people, he kind of feels that people are strangers to each other, regardless of how close they get. Now, I wonder if there's a specific relationship that Neil had that this song is about. Or if it's just yeah. if it's just a fictional relationship, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it probably isn't. I, I would imagine that it's it's a, a song about a relationship, just so he can get across his you know ideas on what a relationship is like. Okay, that's just what I'm getting. Yeah, I didn't get any quotes from the band on this song, so I don't know what their thoughts are behind it. The one part I really want to talk about is the last verse. Right? We are islands to each other, building hopeful bridges on a troubled sea. Some are burned or swept away. Some we would not choose, but we're not always free. Right? Didn't we just hear free will on side one? Yeah. What do you think that is? See, just recognizing the fact that even though you have free will, sometimes circumstances around you kind of prevent you from making an actual choice. You're pushed into a choice. Right. Because if you have the bridges... Uh, some are burned or some are swept away. So whatever bridge between those two people, you can't get across it. So in that case, he may want to, and he made the decision to do it, but he just can't. So in that moment, he's not free. So do you think it's one person in the relationship building the bridge and the other person in the relationship in turn burning it? Is that what he's getting at here? I don't know. He says we, right? We are islands to each other. Right. We're islands, but building hopeful bridges, for instance, yeah. is the wife building a bridge to the husband and vice versa. But I think so. But the opposite yeah. person is in turn burning those bridges. Oh, I don't know. I didn't think of it that way. That's the way I interpret it, but I oh. could be completely off base. Yeah. And it's interesting that he has the on a troubled sea in there. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know what that's about, right? They're islands amid a troubled sea trying to get across to each other. Yeah. It's got a lot of weight to it. I'm not sure how to, how to really uh, parse it more than that, but it's a, it's a really complex song. Yeah. But it's, it's a great song. I love this song. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Alex's guitar sound on this song is just phenomenal. I don't even know how to describe it. The, uh, the, just the crunchiness of the guitar is just, uh, just amazing. Really good. Yeah. Especially for me, my favorite part of the song guitar wise is when, you know, we are planets to each other drifting in our orbits to a brief eclipse. And he does that. Oh yeah. Accented. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. It's just, great. just a, a nice little, it, and it, you know, it's kind of spacey. It's kind of outer spacey, you know, Mm-hmm. It's really a great accent. In this album, you start to hear the keyboards creep into the songs a little bit more. They're not prominent like they are on, let's say, Power Windows or Hold Your Fire, but they're there. Yeah. It's like a keyboard solo sort of in this song, mm-hmm. as opposed to a guitar solo. Right. And uh, another note, Jer, the live show, they did not play this live until very later in their career. Do you know really? what tour... Oh boy. They played this song on. You saw them play this song probably a couple times. I can't even guess. They did not play it on the Permanent Waves tour and they did not play it until 2007 on the wow. Snakes and Arrows tour. Wow. How about that? Yeah. I'm sure it was great. Oh, it was terrific. It was terrific. <laughs> I just remember being floored that they were playing Entree New and they yeah. played it every set on the Snakes and Arrows tour. I think it was like the third song in the set. Wow. They really reach deep they reach deep well they did that once in a while and it was terrific when they did it but to pull out a song that they'd never played before yeah and keep it in the set the whole tour that's kind of cool yeah i would i would count this song and different strings as like deep cuts yeah really really deep cuts yeah and they never they never played different strings live yeah fans only kind of songs exactly that was kind of a treat for the the diehards yeah Throw Entree New in there, and people will be like, whoa, that's what I did. Whoa. It's French for between us. <laughs> it's for the French fans. That's what it was for. <laughs> yeah. For the one French guy in the U.S. audience, let's, let's throw Entree <laughs> New in there. Any other thoughts on Entree New before we move on? Nope. All right, great. Track five on Permanent Waves, Jer, is Different Strings. What? have another confession another mistake that i made on the podcast jar uh-oh i mentioned when we were talking about madrigal that that was the only time that rush used the word dragon in a song 
<laughs> Why do I do this? Why do I say things that I don't really know for sure? I mean, come on. <laughs> Off the top of your head, you're going to remember the two songs that have dragons in mentioned dragons. Well, this That's is what, this is the other song that mentions dragons. There might be a third one. Don't say there's only two because I'll be wrong about that too. <laughs> well, they did have that animation with a big dragon, right? Yes. Uh, live. So. Yeah. Maybe a dragon reference is hidden somewhere else. This is why Rush is getting this dragon reputation. They keep throwing dragons (laughs) in there. Who's come to slay the dragon, Jar? I don't know, man. Your thoughts on different strings? I was just going to ask you, what what, what are your thoughts on different strings? I usually go first. This time you go first. (laughs) I think it's a good song. I think it's a very, almost a pretty song. Oh, yeah. I really like the harmonics. Yep. The guitar is just great. And it's just a, a pretty song, and I wish, wish, wish they played this on the Clockwork Angels tour. I think it would have been great to get a string section to do oh, this yeah. to do this song. Yeah. Would have been phenomenal. I may have mentioned that on a previous podcast, but it would have been phenomenal. This is a song that I would have loved to have seen them do live and with the string section. They could have really blown this out. Yeah. And, and it would have been terrific. And I like the lyrics. Getty Lee wrote the lyrics, and I think the lyrics are very good. Yeah. I think that it has a lot to do, uh, you know, topic-wise with Entree New. Yes. Except that this song, the people are maybe a little closer than they are in Entree New. That makes sense. Right? Because, you know, the chorus is, all there really is, the two of us, and we both know why we've come along. Nothing to explain. It's a part of us to be found within a song. So they're, they're more connected than the people in the previous song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I really like the lyric, uh, different eyes, see different things, different hearts, beat on different strings. I love that. Yeah, that's great. It really is. Yeah, I mean, Getty really learned a lot, like I've said before. He learned a lot from Neil as far as lyric writing goes. And this, I, I never would have guessed that Getty wrote the lyrics Yeah, if, if he hadn't told me or hadn't read it. So they really are very good. Yeah, they are really good. And, you know, uh, musically, this is something I forgot to mention when we were talking about La Villa Strangiato, is Neil's work on the hi-hat. Oh, yeah. In La Villa Strangiato, he's, he, it's like a master class in how to play a hi-hat. And this song, too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of cool little sounds coming off that thing. Yeah, for a mellow song, there's a lot going on there, for sure. Yeah. And then that solo at the end. Yeah. Again, you rarely hear solos at the ends of songs. And this one is like, uh, like fractured. It's very odd sounding. And it's very, another great emotional solo from Alex. And, and the solo continues while the song's fading out, which yeah. you don't generally hear, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So, great song. So I have a quote from Alex. This is from oh. an article that came out yesterday. I think Jer. <laughs> yesterday. La- yeah. Louder sound, which is, I guess, Prague magazine's, website sure they put out an article on permanent waves yesterday to celebrate the 40th anniversary of permanent waves right so it's not louder it's louder sound two different websites right louder Louder sound Sound. i'm sorry louder sound uh so alex says the song was really born out of the idea that here we were this band that had been together for quite a long time and we had this ability to polarize people our music did that and in writing that song i was addressing that about what we do and about art And it really is about that individual way one reacts to it. Whether it's music or visual or whatever, it's an emotional response. It's about our differences. 
It's like entree new and different strings are sort of two parts of the same concept. They are sister and brother, which is hey, pretty much what just said. what you said. Yeah, look at that. Did you read that article that came out yesterday? Or did I you? did not read that article <laughs> that came out yesterday. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty much what you said. They're sister and brother. You didn't oh, say like that, it. but you you sort of inferred it. We can we can put it in post back there. I'll say sister and brother. It'll just be me talking and all of a sudden sister and brother. <laughs> just edit it in there, right? Yeah, right. But it, but unlike Madrigal, which I don't like, this song I really like. Yeah, it is a, it is actually a beautiful song. Beautiful song. I think one time I said on an earlier podcast that Rush didn't write love songs, but I was totally wrong. We've been totally wrong about a lot. <laughs> they definitely have written a handful of love songs, and they're good. Yeah, this is this is a great one for sure. Again, I, I wish they played it live. You know, there are a lot of songs I wish they played live that they didn't. But um, yeah, what can you do? Right. Any other thoughts on different strings before we move on, Jer? No. We've got quite an ender for this album, Natural Science. So natural science, Jer. Yes, natural science. This is what I wanted to bring up with natural science. This okay. is something I was thinking about while I was listening to natural science, okay? Yes. Here's something that I think Rush fans would be floored by. A fact about you and I that the Rush fans would say, come on, man, that's not possible. Okay. You ready for do this? I know, do I know this fact? Oh, you, you totally know this fact. <laughs> we saw Rush together, what, 26 times? Yep. We were not under the influence of alcohol or drugs yes. at any of those 26 shows. Not even a little bit. Am I wrong? No, you're, yeah, you're 100% right. We were stone cold sober every single time. Is that amazing or what? That is pretty amazing. <laughs> it is pretty it is pretty amazing. And the thing is, I feel like that was a good choice on our part. Oh yeah. Because yeah. you can enjoy the show much more when you're not inebriated. Yeah, and plus when we were seeing Rush, I just wanted to see them. I didn't right. want to be distracted by myself right. <laughs> getting drunk and getting sloppy and just being weird. I I just I just wanted to watch them and sing or having to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, right. That's true. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to do was skip out on any song to wait online at the bathroom, which yeah, if true. you were drinking beer, how many times would you have to go to the bathroom during a three hour show? Yeah. A lot, a lot. Yes. But the reason I bring this up is because yeah, I was going to ask you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is, why you're the bringing reason I'm bringing this up is because if, if we were stoned during natural science, oh, I think yeah. my head would have exploded. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Natural science was so unbelievable live. It and the was. video they showed in the background with all the psychedelic 
colors flashing. Yeah. I think I would have lost it. Yeah. I mean, I almost, I almost lost it sober. I can't imagine watching that (laughs) stoned or drunk. Seriously. I know. This song is crazy. This song, there are a lot of crazy Rush songs. This might be the craziest. I've said that before about, I think about, you know, um, Cygnus X1, how crazy it is. This song is crazier than that song. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's fantastic. It is another great album ender. I mean, I know we've seen them play this live a bunch of times, but I don't remember what show. I'll have to go back and look what show it was the first time we saw them play it live. I know it was at PNC Bank Art Center. I just remember being there and seeing Natural Science for the first time. As much as I hated the sound at that place, yeah, I know. Totally I remember so. Natural Science there for some reason because it was the first time. Do you remember if we had good seats? Yeah, we were in the middle section, I think. Yeah, okay. But I just remember being blown away by yeah. how, how they perform this song live. It was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. It is. Yeah. Like everything they do. So your thoughts about the song initially before we break it all down. Where do we start? Where do we start with this song? Uh, well, the name, Natural Science, right? Mm-hmm. Is, the, is like the, the discipline of the sciences that deal with the physical world. Yes. Like the life sciences like biology and um, physical sciences like chemistry and things like that. So already we're starting off <laughs> a very high highbrow place right oh yeah we're talking it's it's already trying to tell us something just in the title this is natural science this is the progression of life on earth and that's really what it is about yeah i think anyway i love the beginning uh the acoustic guitar at the beginning and then you hear well first of all you hear the the lapping of of the waves yeah and apparently terry brown made those sound effects with oars outside of La Studio in the lake. Yeah. And they sound great. It sounds like you're, you're at the ocean. The middle of the ocean. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like you're in the middle of the ocean. It's, yeah. And the echo on Getty's voice at the beginning, these yep. first few uh, verses. And the guitar sounds so ethereal. Again, this acoustic guitar. He, Alex, when he plays his acoustic guitar, it's a, it's a treat yeah. every time. Fantastic, really. Yeah. It's just a beautiful opening to a song. Mm-hmm. When the ebbing tide retreats along the rocky shoreline, leaves a trail of tidal pools in a short-lived galaxy, each microcosmic planet a complete society. It's <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. And it's yeah, true. It is. I mean, this pool is basically a smaller part of the larger ocean, right? It's a within world within a world. It's a world within a world. Right. It's a complete society. Mm-hmm. Removed from some original source. Yep. And then a simple kind mirror to reflect upon our own, which I, I love that line. Yeah. Because throughout the song, as they, as we watch this society progress, we see ourselves, we see the folly that they do. And we should be able to see ourselves in this simple mirror. Right. Right. Which is just a shallow pool of water. The way I interpret that is this little tidal pool is a tiny little piece of this earth, but this earth is a tiny little piece of the galaxy. Exactly. We're just as tiny compared yep. to something else. Right. As this tidal pool is compared to the earth. Does that make sense? Yep. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's crazy. Yeah. A simple kind mirror. A simple kind mirror. I love that. Um, and all the busy little creatures chasing out their destinies, living in the pools, living in their pools, they soon forget about the sea. 
<laughs> and here's where the song yeah. goes bananas. Right. And it makes me think when I hear when I when I think about living in their pools, they soon forget about the sea. And if we're thinking about the pool being a, a reflection of of us, of our society, like what are we supposed to be separated from? Like they live in this tiny little pool and then they forget the fact that they used to belong to a gigantic ocean. Well, I think we for, we also forget that we're also a small part of the universe. You don't think about that very often, like we just did. Yeah. We're too absorbed in what it is we're doing here in our little pool. We That's forget right. that we're insignificant. Yeah. That's the way That's I true. look at it. Yeah. Even our solar system is in the, the edge yeah, of our, our galaxy. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, our solar system is a tiny little piece of nothing. It is. And we're a tiny little piece of nothing inside that tiny little piece of nothing. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Man, you, you start, you start thinking about this stuff, Jerry, you'll really blow yeah. your mind. I know. Another reason we should stay sober when we're talking about this. <laughs> so yeah, so that's, so after this part, that's when the song kicks into, I was going to say high gear, but I'm going to say a higher gear. Yeah. Right? Because there's another gear left to come. Yeah. <laughs> But this part of the song is fantastic. So, so this is what I, I get from this transition between tide pools and the hyperspace, right? Is that in tide pools, we see the beginnings of a complex society, right? Okay. But in hyperspace, we see the society somewhere in the future and kind of the destruction that they've wreaked upon their own planet or civilization. Do you get that? I can see that. I didn't get that, but yeah, that makes sense. And plus it's called hyperspace and hyperspace is, it's a science fiction trope, I suppose. You know, Neil read a lot of science fiction, so he mm -hmm. probably knew about it, but it's a way to get through. It's a way to go faster than light, which actually can't be done. And supposedly hyperspace is itself in a physical space in between other spaces that is somehow in like a different dimension. Mm -hmm. So you can go through it and come out the other end, even though it's really far away, come out the other end faster than light would have traveled to come out the other end. So the Millennium Falcon can't really do that, Jer? No, actually, I watched a video about this and they mentioned the Millennium Falcon. Really? Jumping into hyperspace. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. And they said that's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. I mean, yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining Star Wars for me, Jer. Ah, that he just wasn't, he wasn't good on uh, the math. That's okay. That's okay. So, yeah. So I think that, you know, we go through hyperspace from the beginning of this, of these tide pools. We go through hyperspace to the, to the end of this civilization, mm -hmm. right? A quantum leap forward in time and in space. The universe learned to expand. What do you think that means? I really don't know what it means. I'm I, I don't, asking. I don't know that. I do not know. The mess and the magic, triumphant and tragic, a mechanized world out of hand. See, this is why, this is why I think it's like super future, right? Yeah. Mechanized world. And me everything's been become mechanized and it's just out of hand. It's going crazy. Yeah. They just kind of, you know, went too far. I see a futuristic world when I'm listening to right. this. And the, 
the uh, man the guitar in this part sounds very um computerized yeah doesn't it don't you get that kind of feeling from it and they got those sound effects in there too the computerized sound effects as well and the band is just so tight in this section getty alex and neil are just symbiotic i know it's amazing it is and then we go to computerized clinic for superior cynics who dance to a synthetic band. I have no idea what that means. And that's, that's where you hear the sound effects I was just talking about. Yeah. Computerized clinic. Computerized. And then in their own image, their world is fashioned. No wonder they don't understand. <laughs> because it's fashioned in their own image and they don't understand themselves. Right? They don't understand what's driving them. Yeah. So when they make something, you know, they, they can't understand it either. Mm-hmm. The, the world is under is not understandable because people who don't understand themselves made it. Neil is brilliant. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, I just love that. In their own image, the, their world is fashion. No wonder they don't understand. It's, <laughs> it's, such, a, <laughs> it's such a slam. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, it's great. Oh, God, it's so insulting to these people. No wonder they don't understand. Have you taken a look at them? Jeez. But then, I forgot. we forgot to talk about the... I don't know. What do you what do you call this wheels within wheels part? How would you describe this as part of the song? Kind of a bridge, I guess. I guess. Because it shows up in the first section too. We've got to talk about it there. Wheels within wheels and a spiral array of patterns of grand and complex. Time after time, we lose sight of the way our causes can't see their effects. Could it be the chorus? I mean, does this, this is another song. Does it really have a chorus? I don't think it has a chorus, no. This could be, I guess, a chorus-ish? To me, it doesn't seem like it serves the song as a chorus. Some, it's like a, just a bridge between all the different sections, which I guess is maybe that's why it's a bridge. But, you know, the, their, the phrase wheels within wheels is just uh, you know, something that's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Just another way of saying something very complicated. And of course, it's from the Bible. Neil must have read the Bible a lot. Oh, yeah, I think so. And, and yeah. speaking of the Bible, do you think that that line you mentioned before, in their own image, is that a biblical sort of reference Ooh, to? Because maybe. God created man in his own image. Right. I was thinking Bible when you said that. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. It's true, though. It's true that God created us in his own image? No, it's true that it could be a reference to the Bible. <laughs> Okay, let's not go there. Yeah, let's not go into that. But I wanted to read you the part from uh, Wheels Within Wheels is uh, from Ezekiel. You remember Ezekiel, right? Oh, of course. The first, the first book of Ezekiel? Yes. He has this vision where he sees all of the, this strange creature with like four faces or four heads come, come out of a doorway or something like that. And he, he describes it. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel hmm interesting there's these complicated creatures if you think like a wheel that's inside of another wheel and there's a wheel inside of that and we're all spinning maybe in different directions hmm okay it's also used in the crucible in arthur miller play which i'm sure neil, neil read of course yeah. he did one of the one of the characters uh early on says uh there are wheels within wheels in this village and fires within fires so Neil really made great use of all that time in between shows, all that downtime. Really, oh, really. Yeah. he wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't binge watching Netflix shows. He was right. making himself better. 
and smarter. Right. So yeah, so so uh, like to move the song along, wheels within wheels in a spiral array, you know, it kind of just says things are really complicated. We're going to do all these crazy, complicated things as a society, and no matter what we do, we cannot see the effects that they're going to have on the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Our causes can't see their effects, and it's true. Yeah, even if we try, we seem to never be able to figure out how things are going to end up. So then we get to, uh, there's a guitar solo in here. There's a couple oh of guitar God. solos in here that are fantastic. Yeah. But the first, one, the first one I think is the better one. It's like picking between two children, these two solos. Yeah. The solo in the, in the second part in hyperspace starts off like atonal, right? Again, it's, it's computerized. It's like the computer's going crazy. Just, Oh God, it's so amazing. Really good. Alex is uh, fantastic. He's so underrated. So underrated. I, I know. People only knew how terrific Alex was or is. We know. We know. Rush fans know. Yep. And then we get to permanent waves. I have forgotten that this third section is called permanent waves. There it is. And I think, correct me if, I'm, if you think I'm wrong, this part of the song kind of posits a solution to the chaos of the previous section. Okay. Right? This is, this is where he's kind of laying out how we can manage the world to make it a, a better place. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Because he says, science, like nature, must also be tamed with a view towards its preservation. <laughs> so basically I, what I take from that is that he's saying that, you know, we cannot let scientific progress happen unimpeded, right? Yeah. We have to control it. We have to try to, to rein it in a little bit like we do with nature, right? Certainly there are wild, wild places, but in our society, right? Our nature is carefully managed. Mm-hmm. It appears to be wild, but we kind of, just make it a small part where people can go, but still feel like they're in the wild, but it's not, you know, as wild as we like to think. Yeah. I mean, I take that as there are some scientific advances that shouldn't happen. You know, if you watch, if you watch pretty much any episode of black mirror, you'll, you'll know, (laughs) right. Maybe, Hey, we shouldn't do that. You know, we shouldn't put DVRs in our brains. You know, that's probably not a good idea. That was a great episode. Oh, it was a great episode, but scary as all hell, really. Yeah. But that's the sort of thing we're talking about here. I think. Yep, exactly. You got to try to control it. But again, I don't know if you can, because our causes can't see their effects, right? Until we're already there and it's too late. Right. So that's, I guess that's why he's trying to manage it. They're trying to manage it now. Um, And then. Given the same state of integrity, which I'm assuming means if you give science the same state of integrity that we give nature, right? Which means to me, uh, like structural integrity, I think, like a framework to keep it tamed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It will surely serve us well, and it will, right? Yeah. Scientific advancements, you know, save lives every day. Yep. But if they go too far, oh boy. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, you got to be careful. And then, you know, then he hits on art, 
art as expression, not as market campaigns, will still capture our imaginations. So for Neil, you know, it comes up a lot. You know, art and and being an artist is extremely important. Oh, for sure. Yeah, music isn't just something to, I don't know, passively consume. It's definitely something that can enrich the entire world. Unless it's Nickelback. <laughs> Unless it's Nickelback. That's right. <laughs> it's the one, one caveat. <laughs> All types of music can enrich the entire world, except for Nickelback. <laughs> They're the only ones. <laughs> uh, all right, Jay, I think I've finally calmed down. You can continue. Okay. And reflecting what he says in the, in the previous stanza, right? Given the same state of integrity, it will surely help us along art you know like science can take us to places yeah that we need to be taken to and then this part's i always find really weird the most endangered species the honest man yeah that's that's a pretty that's a statement that that's a statement all right that is a very good statement but he says we'll still survive annihilation i don't really know what he means by that unless he means that honest people will always be around. Yeah. I think that's what he means that, yeah. uh, that there will always be honest people. Even if you, you think that most people aren't, there's yeah. still a few like Neil out there. Yep. And right. hopefully like you and I. Yeah, mostly. Um, <laughs> but then he says, forming a world state of integrity, sensitive, open, and strong, which reminds me a lot of hemispheres. Yeah, definitely. Right? The same concept as, hem- as hemispheres. Mm-hmm. And then, Wave after wave will flow with the tide and bury the world as it does. Tide after tide will flow and recede, leaving life to go on as it was. Wow. What an incredible ending to this song. Wave after wave will flow with the tide. So every time there's a wave, there's another one of these little pools forming and, and you know, life goes on in that pool and then the wave comes back in and washes it back out, but it leaves another one somewhere. It's like, you know, the cycle never ends. Like the, the big bang and the big crunch and it just happens and happens and happens. Right. And it makes you think about worlds like ours. Do they happen and happen and happen just like these tidal pools do? Right. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, so for the tidal pool, you know, like it's almost like time went faster for them. Because if you think like the wave is going to come back in, right? How long does it take waves to, what's the frequency of waves? A couple of minutes maybe, right? Yeah. To come in and sweep it away. But in that, in those couple of minutes, this whole society sprang up inside this little tide pool. Yeah, and, and a few minutes to that society may be like hundred million eons years. to us. Yeah, exactly. So it makes me think that, you know, in the galactic, in a galactic time frame that, you know, there's a, a, a wave of, of energy somewhere that's going to come back in soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sweep us all away. Right. It makes me think of Horton Hears a Who. Do you ever watch oh that movie? Oh my God, I, I wrote that down too. Yeah. The little, the little society that's on the little speck on the flower that Horton is holding. Right. He drops that flower and the whole society crumbles. Right. And you can, it just can be like regressive from there inside the, that little who village or whatever. There's a flower. Maybe there's a society on that flower. Really would blow your mind if you were totally stoned thinking about this chair <laughs> to bring this full circle. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. What an incredible song. 
Yeah, fantastic. Oh, we, we, and we didn't talk about uh, Alex's third solo. Okay, talk about it. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I wanted to mention is that originally parts of this song were going to be part of a different song. Oh yeah, I, I don't read know that. You read you read this, right? Sir yeah. Gawain in the Green Knight apparently was a, a lyrics that Neil was working on. Yeah. It was going to be another sidelong epic, I guess, a la Hemispheres. But since mm-hmm. Rush decided to to scrap the super long song idea, he decided to scrap the lyrics. But yeah. some of the music that they had been working on for that song became this song. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I, I should have looked it up, but I think uh, Sir Gawain is like a part of Arthurian legends. Did I pronounce it wrong? It's Gawain? Oh, I don't know. I said Gawain. I don't know. Oh, who knows? Someone will correct us. Well, the, the interesting thing is, I don't know if you noticed this or remember this, in the book Wandering the Face of the Earth, they have a photograph of Neil's handwritten lyrics for that song. I do remember that. Yeah. So the lyrics do exist. They never recorded it. Now, famously, Rush doesn't have any unreleased songs. Right. But this made me wonder how many unreleased lyrics does Neil have written somewhere in a book yeah. that he never used? Think about right. that. And you know Neil must have written hundreds of lyrics that he decided never to turn into songs. Right. And he hand-wrote those Sir Gawain or Gawain, however you say it, hand wrote those lyrics. I wonder if there are lyrics somewhere that we will never get to see. Yeah, that'd be something, though. They would could be put them together. Yeah, be turn great. them into a book, a lyric book yeah. of songs that never came to be. Yeah, great idea, Steve. Yeah, great idea. But you know, people probably <laughs> take those lyrics and turn them into terrible songs. Oh, I would. I'm not suggesting that anyone record them. <laughs> you know, people would though. So anything else on natural science, Jared? A lot to, lot to go on here. Uh, no, nothing else. All right. Oh, one thing I forgot, Jared. What's that? The set list from the Permanent Waves Tour. I usually read a set list. I've got a set list from the Permanent Waves Tour. I bet it's going to be great, right? Of course it's, it's going to be great. Of course it's going to be great. <laughs> well, first of all, every Rush set list is great. That's true. But That's this true. one is from the Palladium in New York City. Mail- wow, the Palladium. The Palladium. That's a small place. That doesn't exist anymore, does it? No. That's a small place, too, or it was a small place. Yeah. May 11th, 1980, the Palladium. All right? You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Start with 2112, Overture, Part 1, Part 2, Temples of Serenx, Part 3, Discovery, Part 4, Presentation. We skip Part 5, Soliloquy, and Grand Finale. All right? Okay. Good way to start. Free Will. By Tor and the Snow Dog, Xanadu, oh God, the Spirit of Radio, Natural Science, a Passage to Bangkok, oh my God, the Trees, <laughs> then Cygnus X One Book One, followed by Cygnus X One Book Two. Now they don't play the whole thing; we just get parts one, four, five, and six. Wow, closer to the heart. Beneath, Between, and Behind, Jacob's Ladder. As I mentioned, they played it on this tour, but then not again until the final tour. Working Man, Finding My Way, Anthem, Bastille Day. Oh, my God. In the Mood, 
and a drum solo. And then ends they, with the drum solo? Ends with the drum solo, then they came back for an encore, and the encore was La Villa Strangiato. Oh my God. I mean, how great is that? That's a great set list. That's a great set list. This makes yeah. me makes me wish I was older, so I could have been at some of these shows. Yeah, or maybe when you were 11, you could have gone. I could have, but I didn't. Why didn't my dad bring me to see Rush when I was 11? Dad, what right. were you thinking? Yeah, really. Amazing. Just an amazing set list. That's a, yeah, it is a great set list. So what do you say we wrap up this podcast? We've been talking yeah. long enough, I think, Jer. It's, yeah, it's very long. So you can find us on Twitter at RushFanCast, Jer, Instagram, the RushCast. Send us an email. I want to know if there are any other Rush fans out there, Jer, who saw Rush over 20 times like we did and never had a sip of beer at any of those shows. Oh, sure. Straight edge. Straight edge. Not that, not that I've never had a drink. That's not true. Just, I didn't right. want to have it at a rush show. Right. I wanted to experience the show. The grandeur. Yeah. The grandeur was a conscious decision to stay sober. Did anyone else do that? I'm curious. The rushcast at gmail.com. The bass intro is done by Lex. Lex, thank you for that. Until next time, Jared, I hope you have a quote for me. I do have a quote for you. Ready? I'm ready. Wheels within wheels in a spiral array, a pattern so grand and complex. Time after time, we lose sight of the way. Our causes can't see their effects. They never do. They never do. Take it easy. All right, thanks. Thanks.